0: Welcome to Art News Africa Podcast, Studio Visits Nigeria, a podcast series about Nigerian artists and their work. The art scene in Nigeria is serving as home to some of the most prominent African artists of our time, with a rich heritage from the likes of Bene Wongu, Uche Okeke, Bruce Onobakpea, and Petu Eleteshe, and many more. But today, its names such as Warren Atasha Ogunji, Victor Ihikamano, Nengi Umuko, Alimi Adewale and Mudupola Faduba, who art lovers from around the world are inspired by and collecting from. Contemporary and modern Nigerian art is full of passion, humor, opinions, strength and diversity, and all this and much more is what you'll get insights to in this podcast series. With Studio Visits Nigeria, I want to open up the art scene in Nigeria and making it more accessible to people from around the world. I hope to spark an interest in the Nigerian art scene and with a little bit of luck you'll be just as excited about Nigerian art as I am. In this very first episode, I'm visiting Wura Natasha Ogunji. Tucked away in a serene compound in Ikoi, Lagos, I meet Wura in her studio and private home. Her place is clean and minimalistic with bright colors and big windows. We sit down in her living room and chat about her practice and work. She talks about traveling, taking courses, and simply wanting to make beautiful things. In large-scale paintings, delicately stitched drawings on architectural tracing paper and videos, Wura explore history, memory and place. Wura is a heavyweight in the Nigerian art scene. Ogunji often uses her own body to explore homeland identity and the presence of women in public space in Lagos, Nigeria. And I have to give a special shout out to my good friend, Yen Choi, who kindly introduced me to Wura a few years back. So, enjoy the podcast and don't forget to subscribe to get notifications when the next episodes come out. First of all, thank you so much for letting me be here. And it truly is uh, such an inspiration uh, talking to you, but also just seeing how you work and, and uh, I mean with the stitching and uh, the different techniques that goes into to that amongst many other things and so on it, it's really a yeah uh, it's a pleasure so thanks so much again can we start by um, can I get you to introduce yourself where did you grow up how was your childhood what what brought you into the the, the world of, of arts?
1: Uh, So I'm Wara Natasha Ogunji and I grew up in the US I was born in St. Louis, Missouri I grew up with my mother there and um, we also lived in Baltimore and Colorado and then I went to um, college in, in California and um, growing up my mom was very creative with us so we were always doing projects and I think that that contributed to me becoming an artist. My brother and sister are are also artists. And then when I was, um, Mm -hmm. 40, uh, that was the first time I came to Nigeria and I, I received a grant from, I was making these videos that were about where I'm flying as an Ife head. I'm like thinking about, um, if. The Ife had How if the Ife had needed to cross from Africa to the Americas to find her descendants? How would she cross? Um, and I thought, well, she could either walk on water or fly. And so I made these videos where I'm like flying uh, across the land, and then um, I edit it so it's this awkward motion. So, um, so from those videos, I got a grant to travel to Nigeria for the first time, and my father's Nigerian. And um, but I didn't grow up with him and, and then also I should say maybe I should have said this before I make drawings and, um, and performances and I perform like video performances and then also in Nigeria I make performances that are about the presence of women in public space.
0: If you look back uh, over the years would, how would you say your practice has changed not changed but developed rather what what sort of developments have you have you made over the years I mean with video and the different media that, that you are yeah. working with and, and uh, we, we spoke a little bit about it uh, earlier on yeah. the, the ratio between the, the, the different medias and so on but the, the development in your practice yeah. how would you describe that
1: well I started as a photographer and I was also making films then and I think that that kind of vision and way of composing has definitely informed my art practice um yeah the entirety of my art practice so the way i'm thinking about composing on the page or composing in space composing um with performers or even with my own body moving through the frame for video uh so that's like a um an aesthetic kind of anchor that's with me And throughout that time, I mean, I've always been making, thinking about the body and making performance, either privately or publicly. And then the stitching came about, um, after graduate school, I started, I stitched a story on paper, and then I began stitching on this architectural tracing paper. and um, But during that time, I was also I was making small scale and large scale works, and doing and painting with acrylic on the on the paper, and I was saving the palettes. So I think that like those palettes are very much like abstract paintings to me, and they. So I guess what I'm trying to say is like there's a sort of um, I think there's a spiral in the work, and even you know the drawings are very much about the body and gesture, as are the performances. And there's a kind of like um, quality of endurance in a lot of the performance, which I think maybe also happens in the drawings as well. The sense of like working on a thing over time or like what the stitch, the line of the stitch being a drawing, the line of um, a movement in a video is also a drawing. And, um, And then I've always been really interested in the, the residue that we leave as artists so like the palette or the the sketches or the mistakes or those materials and and how those things are kind of like this shadow archive that we create and um and so and I think because when I started as a photographer I was thinking a lot about arc the archive and I was thinking about absence in the history of photography, like the absence of women, the absence of women of color, that um, I was very aware of seeking out artists that I felt were, like, reflecting my experience or talking about my experience, and I was also very aware of my own, how as I was making work, I could see in the future that that would become my archive so that all of these things I knew would eventually connect in some way and so now when I think about like the trajectory of my work it's very much this um kind of like return to materials and return to things that I started many years ago or even like I'm having this show at UT Austin um this year and it's with work that I created maybe 10 years ago Mm -hmm. and when I look at some of the pieces I think like ah, these pieces that at the time I made them they were unresolved or I was like I'm not sure I like that but I look at it and I'm like ah this is like the language that I'm using today so like that thing I needed to make it what was it like 10 years ago because it's come into the work now and or it's informed the work now so I think that that's like as an artist, it's like it's like this amazing gift. It's like you left yourself this information in the past that you knew you would use in the future, but you didn't always know. But it's there now. Yeah.
0: If we take a, a step deeper into to that path, I mean, what would you? How do you feel your art is perceived in in society? Does it play a role for you in society? Is it supposed to play a role for the audience? Mm. How, what, what do you think about that?
1: Well, I think for me, it's um, it's. I mean, I think being an artist is like this. Uh, like my friend Colleen Smith is like, it's just a compulsion. Like you do it or you don't do it. And I think for me, it's like it took me a little while to get there. In a sense, I was always creative, but to be to like call myself an artist, but I think. It's, um. it's about, I mean, my interest is about finding language that's my own, like finding the most true creative language and being expanded by the materiality of that language, um, which can also be, mean the content. Um, and, but just like this, you know, I'm just like, I wanna be in awe of what's coming out of me as a human and like how I'm marking space. And I know that if I do that with deep honesty and integrity, it will affect other people. And so I'm not, I don't think that I'm trying to make a political art, but I know that by virtue of me, like me making what I make, I know it affects people because it affects me and it's it's um I'm making it but it's also like coming through me so I can make something and be surprised by it as well and um or feel like oh my god that's so beautiful and I know that I know that if I'm feeling that other people are feeling that you know because we're like you know we're individuals but we're also really like connected to everyone as well
0: So I mean, you're global, right? Partly uh, American, partly Nigerian. Uh, you've lived tons of places and been in tons of places. Uh, your last trip was even to Norway. <laughs> um, where do you, uh, where do you get your then your your um, your inspiration from? Uh, and even your research. I mean, do you do that when you're on the move? When you're in between places, do you do them? particular places do you draw your inspiration from particular places or conversations with particular people or
1: yeah uh, I mean can you talk a little
0: bit about uh, that
1: it comes from everything I think I um I there are images that I look at that I return to um like images on my computer there are materials that I return to like red earth or um thread which is really beautiful to me um But, of course, uh, conversations with people or um, just, like, living my life. I'm affected by things. I'm always looking at things. I mean, just the visuality of the world and the the sensuality of the world I feel very affected by. I also feel very moved by um, the way, like... My body, the movement of my body in space, like running, for example, like I, I'm, I'm a runner and I'm really moved by that process and like where it takes me and what I think about. And there are runners that appear in my work at times. And there's something about like moving between spaces like the physical and the spiritual or um, all the kinds of spaces, I guess, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah I mean I'm I feel moved by like being and life and um sometimes there are things in specific places like I went to Sydney recently and I took this canoe making workshop and I learned how to make um rope out of um uh, in order to make the canoe, you, they use rope to tie the ends of the canoe. It's like with a big piece of bark. And so I learned how to make this rope and you're making it basically from the bark of the, that same bark that you pull off to make the canoe is peeled off and then made into strips and you use that to make rope. And that was just like, so moving to me that like this thing that like carries people, like, I mean, the tree gives everything. In this, it's this, this beautiful minimalist Gesture that has so much like power and, ah, I just found it so moving, so when I came back, then I started making rope out of thread and um and just thinking about like the minimalism of that, just like just the material of thread, what can you say with just the thread and so I feel. I feel moved by a lot of things yeah. and, and affected by
0: things. And is that sort of a mythology for you to do these courses? Because I know you, you went to Paris also and, and did a, a fashion course on, on stitching, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, is that part of your... No, so it's just of...
1: like totally the opposite of the canoe class.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, but still, I mean, nevertheless, it's, yeah. it's you know, uh, gaining new competencies totally. or uh, adding totally. on to, to uh, your skill yeah. set. Is that a part of your uh, practice to do these... Uh, courses and and to build on in, in in as opposed to just you know trying your luck and yeah. developing your own techniques and
1: no and stuff. it's not at all part of my the way I work <laughs> I mean I think like the last class I took was um, my first drawing class that I took as an adult like after graduate school and um, which was like one of the most scary things I've ever done I felt so humbled and disarmed and also just like fascinated by learning how to draw and I think that um that you know the the thread thing like wanting to learn all the stitches I mean that came from like another kind of curiosity but just this thing of like well I want I really want to learn this thing and I feel like I'm I'm outside of this thing um and then the canoe thing was like very serendipitous that I was invited to do this thing and of course it connected to the thread thing but I think that was more like a you know that's like one of those things in life that's like when I found the tracing paper in the path and then I've that has totally shaped my um my artistic practice but I think that feeling of um that feeling of not knowing is a really powerful feeling and I was actually just writing my this friend of mine Ruby and and telling her that like (laughs) I'm actually like a drawing imposter because I feel like I'm always learning how to draw and because I don't know how to draw I'm like it's still really like awkward and beautiful to me and I'm still really interested in doing it because I'm still like amazed by simple things and trying to figure out things and like how do you render a hand and is it um is it okay that doesn't look realistic and is it awkward and is it so there's this kind of tension between like wanting to know everything about the thing and also like the vulnerability of what happens when you don't know things which I think is also kind of the state of being of being of two cultures or living in two places or being an insider and outsider of like this like absolute confidence in how you belong and then also this absolute confidence in or something the opposite of that that you just you will never belong and and I think that that I have that relationship with with place and also with my drawing practice and and bodies of knowledge around that.
0: This curiosity and, and uh, as I'm hearing you talk about it, sort of a constant hunger for learning and developing uh, yourself—not only as an artist but also as a as a human being. Do you feel that's what makes you a great artist?
1: Um. Well, I don't think that I'm. I mean, you describe, the way you described it, that makes sense on the outside. But, like, I don't know if I have, like, a constant hunger to, it's more like a, I don't know if I would describe it that way. I think it's more like a, it's a constant, it is a constant curiosity, you know? And and it's a constant, like, um, curiosity about materials and about, like, I mean and also just like a a, fa- a fascination and awe and joy about visuality and like color and and the feeling of thread and like the the sound of the paper you know it's just like it's just like it's kind of just like an awe about about what's possible and which I think is something that my mom gave us like you know she's like oh you could look at this wrapper, what, you could do something with that, look, you couldn't make with that, should we save that, and, and I think that I, or, or just, like, even admiring, like, a beautiful painting, or, like, a portrait, like, I think that I, I really, I really appreciate simple things, and I, and I, and I feel affected by them, and, um, and sometimes it's in a very, like, you know, ordinary way, and sometimes it's kind of, like, the feeling of like well what is important in life like why are we here what is it we are we're, we're taking and giving in this process what what is giving us meaning and and i'm I, I feel i feel moved by you know sort of the range of it i guess um and want to want to make some kind of like mark about my experience
0: Sum sort of up for you. What for you makes a great artist is curiosity and questioning life as a whole.
1: Well, that's for, that's for me. I think what makes a good artist is a person as an artist following their truth and their and and integrity. Like an artist being true as true as possible to their own. desires and curiosities and I think for everyone it's different um that it's you know for some people it's about like connection to land and for some people it's about like um a socio-political question and so I think that it's for me it's this particular visceral thing but I think that for other people it can be lots of other things you know it can be like I really want to tell a good story or something, and that 's like that truth makes us um, feel the truth feel what their their intention
0: When people talk about you as an artist and they talk about like a group of artists, who would you? Uh, if you could decide yourself or if you, you know, who do you compare yourself with? Who would you like to be talked Mm. uh, about? Who would you... How do I say that? Mm. Who would you like to be in the same bubble with? uh, Sort of when people talk about your work and, oh, yeah, it's similar to his or hers or somebody that that, uh, has been inspirational to you. Yeah
1: well i think um i mean it's kind of a hard question like i feel like i want my i want my work to have like levity and i and i and i trust that it does i mean i trust that it has like an energy that people can um Relate to and and feel moved by, um, and I I think that I, I mean, I, I the the artists that really move me, and I don't know if like my work needs to be talked about like in the context of them, but um, I I I mean Anna Mendieta is an artist that I've always felt very moved by. Um, I think for obvious reasons you could see connections and like interest in the body and and marking and um and then I also really um I love this artist this Catalan artist Antoni Tapias and I think that I just love how like for me when I first saw his work I just thought it was horrible and I felt like it just was I was like what is this crap you know my friend handed me this book and I was just like, oh my gosh, but like the more I looked, I just felt so moved by this sense of um, like scale and matter and materials and this kind of rawness that spoke to me about like something about being a human. Um, So I think that, I mean, there are a lot of artists that I find that I feel very moved by but I think there's something about, like, the materiality of the body and the, and presence and this sense of, like, this person was, is making this thing regardless of, regardless of anything, like, that, that you, you're on this path and you're, like, you have, you have a, you have a responsibility to be on your path and to, like, push yourself and that, um... Like, I was telling Ruby, actually, today, too, in the same letter. I was like, I just want to... Right now, I just want to make something... Um, I want to make a big... Like, big things. Um, and I want... I just want to make really pretty... Really fucking beautiful things. That's all I want to do right now for this series. Whatever it is. And I just... Even if people hate it or they love it. I just want them to, like... Want to be in... Stand in front of this thing. And feel moved by it. And that, um yeah and I feel like those two artists do it for me but there's like there's like a ton of artists um that I feel moved by I mean even writers like Louise Erdrich I I just feel like wow I I I wish I could do that you know Mm -hmm. but the way I would you know in art you know like to have that kind of presence and weight in the world and Thanks for your questions. Well,
0: well, I'm the one thanking you. Thanks so much for for having me and thanks for letting me steal so much of your time. Uh, It's really been super interesting and and, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing you again.
1: Yeah, But thanks so much. Thank
0: Thank you for listening to the Art News Africa podcast Studio Visits Nigeria. This episode was with Wura Natasha Ogunji, who's based in Lagos, Nigeria. My name is Jonas Svart and I'm your host. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. And if you really, really liked it, why not tell all your friends and family about it so that we can get even more people interested in the Nigerian contemporary art scene. The Art News Africa podcast on studio visits in Nigeria is produced and edited by myself, Jonas Svatslausten. The music is from Pixabay and the theme song is by the Nigerian singer-songwriter Falana, who kindly lent her piece for this podcast. Thanks, Falana. Much appreciated. And many thanks to Leonard Stiegler, the founder of Art News Africa, and his team for making this podcast happen and for loads of encouragements along the way. If you want updates about the Nigerian and African art scene more frequently, you can sign up for Art News Africa's newsletter on the website artnewsafrica.com. Find us on Instagram at artnewsafrica. And lastly, we have a book coming out soon about artists that are featured in this podcast series. The book features their studios and their work processes. We'll let you know once we publish. Stay tuned.